Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator in town, is known for loving his big packages. He loves to have the biggest of his players on the field as often as possible. The question, at least one of the early questions, should be, are those guys already here? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shot podcasts on Penguins and Pirates every day, just like this. 12 personnel, 13 personnel, whichever number you'd prefer to attach to the package that gets put on the field. Smith's history, and by the way, same kind of goes for Mike Tomlin when he's had the players that he's wanted, is that he'd prefer to run the ball, he'd prefer to be physical, in-your-face, assertive, eating up the clock, and buying as much time and space for the quarterback and the wide receivers to do their thing so that he can generate big plays. So what that means, if you cut it down to the basics, is that he wants to run the ball. He wants to wear you down. And then from there, he wants to kind of catch you off guard. You're huffing and puffing a little bit. The last thing you want to do is be chugging backward to compensate for a 20-yard, 30-yard, or even bigger gain. What gets left out of that mix, not entirely, but for the most part, is the whole West Coast thing. You know, the dink and dunk, the just keep taking one step back, quick drop, slant, boom, four yards, six yards, whatever it happens to be. But I'm okay with that because as I looked at the Steelers, certainly over the final four games, including the playoff in Buffalo, I see a team that, I see an offense that was able to most certainly assert itself with the running game. The numbers speak for themselves, but also was able to take advantage of that. If you think about Mason Rudolph's yardage over those four games and ask yourself, even if it's just a picture in your head, what percentage of that yardage came on significant splash? It was up there. It wasn't to the extreme that it became fluky or feeling fluky. But a lot of it was that way, and there's no head coach anywhere who'd turn that down. Least of all Tomlin, it's the number one thing he actually preaches to his offensive guys, is get the big play. It cures a lot. So, swinging back to the beginning, who are these guys? And are they here? Meaning the big guys. The offensive line, as we've discussed, is still going to be a work in progress this summer. It, it almost has to be. You have to find another solution for Mason Cole. You have to get Broderick Jones back to the left side. You have to either have Dan Moore learn how to play right tackle or find a right tackle. And then you've got your guards set in Isaac Selmalu and James Daniels. But the tight ends, that might be the single most intriguing position in terms of trying to figure out where Smith is going to take this offense because he's done it both ways. He's used his tight ends, and this has been 
his leaning as blockers, as big-time blockers, as sixes and sevens up there on the offensive line. So as such, I'm going to take a wild guess that he's going to love Darnell Washington. And why not? Washington, for all the good things that he did over his rookie season, and if you watched any breakdowns of offensive line play and noticed that number 80 was augmenting it quite a bit, you might not have noticed that he had seven catches for 61 yards. Now, seven catches doesn't make for much of a season, but he at least showed A, that the coaches could trust him with it, and B, that it wasn't going to be some kind of shortcoming, which, if I'm being honest with you, I saw things back in training camp in the preseason that concerned me on that front. Well, he went out there on Sundays and made the catches he was supposed to make, even though he wasn't tasked with doing so very often. You could argue that it's harder doing it that way. Washington's just a perfect fit for this. Pat Fryermuth, he would not fit with the Smith version that prefers all of his tight ends staying in and just building a wall. But Smith's also overseen offenses where he throws to the tight end quite a bit. That's where Fryermuth would come in because Smith also prefers to throw to his tight ends across the middle. Fryermuth's favorite spot on the field, as he would gleefully tell you. So let's say that Fryermuth, who, by the way, has come a long way with his blocking and improved even during this past season, more than some might have noticed. Let's say that you have the two tight ends, okay? Smith also likes the fullback, and there's no way anybody could take seriously that the steel. Wait a second. Connor Hayward was considered a fullback. Connor Hayward has lined up at fullback for this team. The problem with... Uh, that problem with Hayward at fullback is that you just look at him and he doesn't have that Rosie Nicks, Tim Lester kind of build where he's going to be knocking people onto their butts, you know? Now, I don't know if a fullback needs that in 2024 because defenses have concurrently gotten smaller. By that, I don't mean the humans, of course. I'm talking about, again, the packages. If you're going against a defense that's got six defensive backs on the field, stands to reason they're going to be smaller and easier for any fullback to knock off the path. Is Hayward that guy? I don't know. Is Smith going to use him in that capacity in Latrobe? I don't know. Is Smith going to have to go to the outside? And if he does, where will he find fullbacks since they barely exist anymore? I don't know. Part of the fun. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. 
Today's show is sponsored by the Poker Room at Live Casino Pittsburgh. Join them this month for the Daily Hand Hustle promotion, where the first 20 hands will win up to $200. Don't miss the Westmoreland 300 Multi-Flight Poker Tournament. That's March 7th through the 10th with a $25,000 guaranteed prize pool. Plus, join Live for an $8,000 cash drawing on March 24th at noon. Follow them on X at Live Poker WML. Again, that's at Live Poker WML. Live Casino Pittsburgh, located on Route 3. 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Today's J1Q comes from Greg, and he says, Hey, DK, we definitely need an upgraded center, but Mason Cole's one of the best dudes on the team. Is there a way we can keep him around at a reduced price as a reserve guard? That's a position that he's way better at. Anyway, Greg... I respect that you bring up that Cole is one of the best dudes on the team for the simple reason that Cole actually is one of the best dudes on the team. Shouldn't matter, I know. It does at least a little bit. Cole was standing up for the offensive line back before that was okay. Cole sometimes was the only one standing up for the offensive line. Cole had not been anticipated by anybody, really, including himself, I should add, to become the leader of the group. I don't know 100% that he is right now. I don't know that they have someone who's even close to a Marquise Pouncey type in the leader context, but he's as close as they've had. And you mentioned the reduced price. This coming season assuming nothing happens with Cole in terms of being released or whatever. Cole has a base salary due of $3.25 million, roster bonus of $1.5. So his cap hit is $6.2 million and change. That's high if he's not going to start. Now, he's going to turn 28 next season, and because... He can play two positions, and in fact, in the NFL, has played both center and guard. When he was with the Vikings, actually, he played more guard than center. So if you're not ready to just throw him out, if you're not ready to just say, listen, we're going to clear this guy completely off the books and go shopping for a center, meaning through free agency, of course, then, yeah, I'd like to think that you could work something out. It's the last year of his contract, so maybe you could talk to him about some kind of extension that would take him through his, let's say, age 30 season. You can do a three-year deal. You can do a two-year deal. Probably would make more sense from the team perspective, but you'd also be offering to Cole the comfort of being able to stay with a team that he's very, very clearly become attached to. You give him a chance to, you know, make a little bit of a home here. You know, that leads to, you know, what they refer to commonly as the hometown discounts. It's not really a discount. You offer maybe a little bit more guaranteed money, but you spread it out over a couple of years. My answer to your question is yes, I'd like to see him stay. I, I don't want to see him do it at a $6.2 million cap hit unless somebody would be convinced inside the operation that he could go back to guard. And yeah, no, that's not going to happen. 
because he's not bumping Isaac Selmalo, he's not bumping James Daniels, and no, the Steelers are not entertaining having Daniels return to center, a position that he once played in Chicago. I do think you're going to see the Steelers look to upgrade at center. I do think that the lousy snaps have a lot to do with it. I do think, though, that they also had trouble with a lot of his missed blocks, maybe more so than the snaps. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we will do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.